Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. This is the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast, episode number twenty-two. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe Podcast. Your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. So one of our favorite things about the Google Teacher Tribe is being able to watch what all of you are doing with the stuff that we share on the shows. Uh, we're, we're constantly watching on Twitter, Casey and I, trying to, to see the, the kinds of stuff that you guys take out of the, the show. And so we've seen things um, you know applied in the classroom and at professional development. But most recently, the place that we didn't expect it to affect was the bathroom. But Google has made it into the bathrooms of some of our listeners. So we just recently saw this tweet from Laura Wheeler, and she has this, uh, I guess you could call it kind of like a flyer that she puts up in the, the bathrooms in her school district, and it's called Learning in the Loo. That's right. Yes. And so in Learning in the Loo, there are all of these in, in this particular episode, there are all these updates to Google Classroom. And, you know, Casey and I were talking about this and we're going, you know, it kind of makes sense. They're kind of a captive audience in the bathroom, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And thank you, Laura, for, for sharing that and being inspired by episode 21. We love that um, you're, you're gaining some information. But yeah, this is it's pretty hilarious. I mean, truly, the tribe has gone to the bathroom. Um, that's not what I wanted to say at all. <laughs> We're sticking with it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was going to say go down the toilet, and then it, it's not no, actually no. in the toilet. Right. Um so um, we have hit a new high or we have hit a new low. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> um, it, it, it is. It is. Like you said, they are a captive audience. I have seen lots of great uses of putting up flyers, not just in the bathroom, but in the hallways with just quick tips and things like that. I have even seen goo in the loo for using Google tips. So um, thank you, Laura, Ooh. for sharing that. And be sure to check out the show notes uh, at googleteachertribe.com slash 22. And you can take a look and, and see what she did. And maybe you will be inspired to do so learning in the loo exactly that's right so a uh, quick shift over to our episode for today casey what are we doing 
Oh, we've got so much in this episode. You know, it's so hard to try to put this together and and keep it under 30 minutes for you guys. And yeah, I did just say you guys. I didn't say y'all. Can you believe it? I'm so, proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, it just pops out. I, I hang out with some of the, these northerners who, who influence me every once in a while. But <laughs> we're going to dig into YouTube. And um, if you haven't noticed, YouTube kind of got a, a little bit of an update, a little new, new look and feel. And we're going to talk about some of the features and some of where the features went because they kind of moved around on us and things like that. We've definitely got lots of news and updates. I think um, we could just keep going on and on with all of the fabulous things that are going on with Google. And of course, we've got some more things that we want to share from the tribe. You guys are sharing some amazing ideas. And so we want to be sure and get that out to the rest of the audience. And of course, we'll share a couple of things from our blogs as well. You ready to get started, Matt? Yes, let's go. All right, let's do it. So to kick off all of these news and updates that we have to share, we'll start off with one that kind of had Google users all over the place in an uproar. I think I think uproar is a fair word to use there, isn't it, Casey? Panic. There was panic. a pure panic going on. And um, for those of you who might have been paying attention, Google announced um, some, some changes to the downloaded application on the desktop that syncs your files. And unfortunately, this app is called Google Drive. So when this announcement came out... Everybody started saying Google Drive is going away, <laughs> which was partially true, but it's not the Google Drive that you know and love. The web-based Google Drive is not going anywhere. Uh, I think one of the culprits was actually the, the the PC World article was like, Google Drive is being replaced. And so all of these you know, things kept getting shared on social media. I was getting pinged all over the place saying, what? What are we going to do? Where's our stuff going? And people were just like freaking out. And I'm like, what? What's going on? You know, Google Google's not going to do that. First of all, they're just not going to do that. That is not how they operate. Um, but there was a lot of confusion because people didn't understand the vernacular that was actually being explained in the announcement. So in our show notes, we have shared the original announcement, which is about the drive file stream coming to G Suite. So um, I found a better article on Gizmodo that really explained it better, what's really going on with Google Drive. So I included that. That was when I was trying to put out fires. I was sharing this article so people could kind of understand. Um, most users don't even use that. Um, I would say it's probably below 40% or probably less that even use that. So this doesn't affect most people, but the idea of seeing an article from valuable news sources that say Google Drive is is going away <laughs> is really scary. So, um, and I also added a link. Uh, Michael Fricano was also online with me trying to put out some of these fires and he put together a great blog post to explain it all. So if you're still confused or if you do happen to use the backup and sync piece, um, that's actually the new name. But uh, Michael did a great job of, of breaking it down for education users. So um, there are a couple different options for personal accounts and uh, whether you have a personal account or whether you're using your G Suite for education account. But uh, just know it's not going away. So if you have been in that panic or asking those questions, um, everything's fine. Your stuff is still there. That's the great thing about working in the cloud. So um, so that is what is going on with Google Drive. And Matt, it looks like, can I, and real quick, I, yeah. uh, from this Gizmodo article that you shared, um, mm -hmm. it looks like the um, 
the Drive File Stream app is going to be launched on September 26th. So sometime, depending on when you're listening to this, it either will be soon or it already has. And it looks like we've got until March 12th, 2018, before that Drive app, that desktop Drive app, needs to be replaced. So, um, so again, if you're if you're listening to this, you know, sometime in fall of 2017 or even in winter, you've still got a little bit of time before you have to make the switch. Yeah, just go check those resources. Um, there's some some really good information in there to to help you uh, migrate over to the new the new options that they have. Other cool stuff that we're finding that um, Google is releasing, we're going to kind of totally switch gears here from pandemonium in the streets and, you know, looting and panicking and weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we're going to go to something totally different, which is um, a really cool curriculum that they have released about what they call applied digital skills. What this does is it, they've created curriculum uh, based on all of these kind of like real world skills. So you've got like planning and budgeting and planning an event. Um, they've even got some, you know, some like lesson plans and rubrics that tie into all of these things. We've got these if then adventure stories, kind of like a choose your own adventure type of um, story. They've got all of this cool stuff that you can do with, um, with G Suite and they show in each of these how many activities there are, how many hours there are to complete. Uh, looks like a lot of the ones that we have right now are either for coll- the college level or the middle school, high school level. So, you know, hopefully they'll continue to expand that. But they've released all of these things. And I mean, with all of these activities and lesson plans and videos made for them, it really is sort of a one stop shop for these real world skills that just like it says, it integrates all of these, all of these skills together. So, um, you know, I, I can see a lot of teachers being, if this fits well into their class or whatever it is that they're doing, I can see this being a really, really useful resource. Absolutely. And, you know, we often talk about um, the need for additional lesson plans and rubrics, and that's what people were asking for. So I'm so happy that they added that feature into the applied digital skills curriculum because it's very powerful, but now it's even more powerful with those additional resources. Another update that we got um, earlier this summer, the Google Arts and Culture launched something called We Wear Culture, and it's looking at a history of fashion and the stories behind what we wear. So um, this is actually very fascinating. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl, but I think, Matt, you found it pretty interesting it's as pretty well. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So if you go look at this, uh, of course, you know, there's just all kinds of different things that we wear in different cultures. And and it is pretty amazing. These images, of course, they're so high resolution. It's just beautiful. And these are works of art, truly. Like, I mean, you can go through the icons, the fa- the fashion movements, the making of these things, the arts. Uh, and there are all kinds of really cool resources that are built in with this this platform. But the other thing that I really like is they've also added six new Google Expedition tours to accompany this project. So, you know, they're constantly giving us more Google Expeditions. And so this is another thing that you can explore in 360 and and learn more about culture by learning about um, the the things that people wear in different cultures. Yeah, it's it's really pretty cool. I mean, they go through some of the luminaries in in fashion. You know, you got like Marilyn Monroe and Cristobal Balenciaga and Audrey Hepburn and so on and so forth. And they they even talk about some of the trends that have gone on. And you go 
all the way from the hoodie to the it looks like the Sukajan jacket. I probably totally butchered the pronunciation of that, but um, <laughs> so I mean, it, it really is really is pretty cool, and they've created a lot of what looks like a lot of new content with this. So as far as digging into culture, um, you know, learning about fashion and really just kind of um, taking Google expeditions for a spin too. It is a really uh, sort of comprehensive resource that they've put together. And that's just the kind of stuff that we've come to expect with Google arts and culture too. So really, really cool resource we've got here. Absolutely. I think that every time I go to arts and culture, I'm just, I, my jaw drops. Like it's just, right. it's so beautiful. There's so many amazing things that we can, can use in our classrooms from yeah. the arts and culture um, Institute there. So uh, switching gears to a different type of culture. Now uh, we're going to talk about creating a culture of innovation. So the Google for Education Transformation Center, which we have talked about on this uh, podcast before, has released a, a really useful doc that you can actually download, make a copy in your Google Drive, and it gives you tips from Google for transforming school and district culture, and they break down what they do at Google, basically, and how you can apply this to schools. And so their foundation for a culture of innovation includes curiosity, agency, risk-taking, collaboration. Um, but they have starting points on all of these different things that you can do. There are ideas on on ways you can spark curiosity among teachers. There are... Um, ways that you can make conscious decisions to actively involve educators in big decisions that will affect them. You know, they're they're giving you ideas for risk taking and rewarding thoughtful failure among um, your your peers and in your classroom. So um, this is really a, a great leadership document. So if you are in a leadership role, but I also think there are great ideas in here that any educator can pull from. Um, but the, this is definitely sort of got an, a leadership spin to it. So tons of resources on, you know, 20% time, how to run a Google Geist uh, appreciation platform. I could just go on and on, but go, um, go check it out in the show notes, googleteachertribe.com slash 22. Yeah. And you know, just kind of flipping through this, I'm seeing all of these things that just like you said, would fit so well into the classroom too. Um, and then they've got, I mean, they've just got really cool tips from start to finish. One of them under curiosity says regularly change up visible spaces such as front offices, teachers lounges um, to keep things fresh, inspire creativity. It talks about having collaborative staff meetings and I mean, just kind of goes on and on and on. So yeah, this is, this is definitely a great resource that you'll want to check out. And so to wrap all of this up, we did have an update on Google Sites that Casey and I are kind of like lukewarm on a little bit, if we're being totally honest. And it has to do with embedding content on Google Sites. And I know that a lot of people have been waiting, waiting, waiting on the new Google Sites to give us the ability to take embed code and stick that into Google Sites. And I saw this update and I thought, oh, it finally happened. But not exactly. So basically what Google Sites will do, and this is great if um, if this is a good fit for what you're creating and you're a little more novice or intermediate a user, this is going to maybe be and you know like your dream come true. But basically what you can do is take a link to a website and you can embed that website onto your your own website. So imagine if you will, you've got your website. I'm drawing with my fingers. I know you can't see me. But you've got your your website and then within it inside of that website there is an interactive 
you know, constantly updating version of another website. So their example is they have on on the blog post where they announced this, they have a Wikipedia article. And so it's been embedded into this website. And so now whenever you pull that up on your site, you always have the most updated version of it. So that's cool. But I think what we were really, really hoping that was going to be was pull embed code from any place and be able to stick it on your Google site. And so if that's what you're looking for, we're not there yet. But I guess maybe this is a step in the right direction. Uh can I whine, please? I I, <laughs> yeah. I saw, you know, like this, this was, you know, everybody was sharing this. Just the title alone is like forcing everybody to get excited and start resharing. And I click on it and I'm like, what? <laughs> come on. Come on now. We have been waiting for true embed code options. Now, I don't know. Maybe I'm not trying the right thing. Um, you do have to make sure that the site that you're trying to to use allows embed code because you're just putting in the link. It's not actually accepting any code. So we can't Im- embed things like our Padlet wall or whatever that we're working on. And so um, I don't know, this is still this is still a really huge barrier for me in terms of using Google Sites um, with some of the things that I normally use Google Sites for. And I really, really just disappointed. Can I just say yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'm not lukewarm i'm 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 cold (laughs) yeah yeah that was the optimistic version of me i think so so anyway lots and lots of good updates and news some better than others obviously and if you want to check all those out again you can head to googleteachertribe.com slash 22 Okay, y'all, are you ready to learn about what's new with YouTube? YouTube got uh, an update on August 29th. And I don't know if you noticed, some of it was a little bit subtle. It was subtle, yeah. And it's more look and feel, some of the things you may be normally clicking on are not in the same place anymore. And they've cleaned it up. It it definitely has a cleaner look and feel. But um, there's some things we want to point out. Because at first, I was like, "Ah, I don't know if this is enough to talk about but the more i started digging i was like you know what there's some pretty cool stuff in here so um that we thought was was worth the time of, of talking about on the podcast so i think um you're gonna see notice the biggest updates on mobile would you agree Matt, yeah. A lot of the updates that are mentioned, um, the, the, the highlights, you'll see i think more features have been added on mobile and, and yeah and they're the kinds of things that I'm, I'm looking at them in hindsight and I'm going, my goodness, why didn't we think of that earlier? Because they, <laughs> they seem so intuitive. It, they just all really make sense. Right. Like the vertical video. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how annoying it is when you have a vertical video and he's like, why didn't you turn your phone? Well, now on YouTube, you can actually watch videos that are vertical and it takes full screen. And, and so I think that's pretty cool. Like, oh, yeah. Why haven't we been doing that? And, you know, so there's some some great little little features that you'll notice on mobile. I think um, the other thing you'll notice for me, because I embed so many YouTube videos, that that was one of the first things that I noticed was when I'm in YouTube. YouTube and I click on share and then the embed code used to be in that little pop-up but now you click on embed 
or maybe you would click on embed and it would be in the pop-up, but now it's a whole new window. And so when you embed the video, you'll see the iframe code at the top, but you'll also see a lot of other options. So um, you'll be able to sort of customize that. And I think they've made that easier to find. So these are things that were, were pretty much there to begin with, but you do have some other options when it comes to embedding. So you can have it start at a certain time. You can have it, you know, turn off all of those additional like suggested videos and things like that. So it just sort of took me a moment to get used to it because it felt like an extra click um, to me. But I I think that um, it it helps you understand the power uh, of embedding and, and doing what you want with the video. So funny story about that. You mentioned the share button. I had a, a friend tell me recently that I think it was one of his kids, they said, this, this changed, this changed YouTube. It's, it's a deal breaker. YouTube is broken. And he's like, well, what, what happened? They moved the share button. <laughs> it's like, what? Are you serious? Yeah. But I, these, these are some of the, the cool things, you know, that, that Casey has shown. Um, one of the other things that, that I think is really nice is if you're watching videos on mobile, this was one of those things where I, where I was thinking, oh man, why didn't we do this before? Like, um, you know, there are all of these new uh, gestures where if you have a video up that's full screen and you double tap on the right edge of the video, it's going to fast forward 10 seconds. And if you double tap on the left side, then it'll fast forward or sorry, rewind uh, 10 seconds back. Um and then you've got the ability to swipe up so that you can see other videos. And I mean, there's a bunch of those little things that on mobile, you know, and I know I know on um, mobile, a lot of times that's not the education use as much, but that's one that I think we'll get a lot of use out of. And then another small thing that happened was they now have this uh, this thing called the dark theme, which <laughs> prompted Casey and I to start making jokes about the dark side. <laughs> like it was the dark side of YouTube, you know, and um, so with this dark theme, you can click on up in the top right hand corner. If you're logged into YouTube, you can click on your profile picture, your face, and then you can go down and select the theme. And so it says dark theme on or off. And if you change that and you turn it on, now you've got, instead of having a white background, it's a black background. And at first I kind of like joked about that and was like, really, is that, is that all that we're doing here? (laughs) You know, but the more that we started talking about it, we thought, you know, if you're showing a YouTube video, um, and you're, and if the, the class, if the, the lights are off or if you're watching it at home and you've got that bright white screen, you know, it, it pops off of the, the full screen and then you've got that bright white screen and it just kind of like makes you want to squint your eyes. If you've got the dark theme, then that could, that could kind of, that, that I find that I would find that to be useful. It definitely could. And, you know, we have to keep in mind all of the other things that YouTube has added. We've got YouTube TV. We've got YouTube Red. So YouTube's being broadcast on all types of devices, including gigantic televisions. And we're watching movies on there now. So I can see the theater type of feature of having it be dark, um, really useful um, in those respects. Definitely, you know, there are occasions because I remember that in the classroom, too. You know, you, you try to get all the, the glare out. And if you have windows, you got to cover them up and things like that so that everybody can see it well on the screen so so they they have had added some features in here they are very subtle in some respects but um i think the other thing i wanted to point out and this is this has been there but i feel like this is a great tip because i don't know if every teacher realizes that you can um when youtube videos have a transcript you can actually click on the three dots below the video 
and go to open transcript. And so you can actually see time stamped uh, transcript of, of what was said. So this is going to be a great way to support um, a lot of struggling students, a lot of new readers. If it's available in other languages, you can also change the language and see that there. So um, I think that's very handy. So just remember, of course, anytime you see those three dots, there's more actions there um, <laughs> wherever you are in Google and in a lot of other applications as well. But I think that's one of my favorite little tips there um, because that transcript helps helps me um, understand things and you know know how to how to say um, or, and spell certain words even right. as you're and, watching them and I think with the transcript too and there's a another tip that sometimes people don't realize is once you um, once you click on that transcript and you open it up if you want to search for a particular word you can use command F or control F in your web browser and you can now search that page for that word. So if I'm trying to remember, you know, where they use the word generated in that video, you open up your transcript and you you use control F and you use your find and you look for that word and then you can see, oh yeah, it happened at one minute and one second and then you can fast forward it and find it instead of just kind of like clicking and dragging your way through the whole thing. So that's great. tip. Yeah. That's another one of those things that can save you a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and you know, too, I think just understanding that the closed captions are options on so many videos now, I mean, it's becoming sort of standard. And so you'll see the little CC, um, down on the video if you want to see those closed captions or the subtitles and things like that. And I'll confess that I use the closed captioning sometimes, you know, just as I'm trying to get an idea of, you know, summary of what's going on. And maybe I'm in a place where I don't want to play video. Also, true confession, I watch Game of Thrones with the closed captions on because I want to know how to spell the characters' names. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, total nerd. Um, but yeah, because, you know, sometimes Sometimes in, in things you can't understand the way they're pronouncing words, or even if you're learning a new language, I would think in in Spanish that um, you know, or in a foreign language class, I could see that being very useful too. Not just trying to learn how to speak, um, you know, Valerian. So, um. yeah. I think I like you just a little bit more now that I know that about oh, you, Casey. Yeah, I'm such a nerd. Okay, yeah, so awesome. moving on, I have gotten us off topic. <laughs> But um, there are so many great features, and there's so many ways to use YouTube. Even when we were putting the outline together for today's episode, it was kind of like, which direction do we go? Because we probably could do half the season just on YouTube. So um, hopefully you guys have picked up some new tips along the way. We do want to mention something else. It was actually sort of an update, but because it was related to YouTube, um, Google for Education, of course, has a channel on YouTube that you should subscribe to. And um, they have great videos and different things that they do there. But they have a new show called EDUN90 on YouTube. And I think we're two episodes in. So it's 90 seconds, and they're just giving you quick snippets of, of what's important, um, what updates are happening, product updates, new programs, helpful resources, things like that. So um, the, the episode two, which is the latest one, was all about what's new in Classroom. So if you wanted to watch a video version of what was new in Classroom, you could get that in 90 seconds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those are going to be really nice, really digestible. So, and I know a lot of times when people talk to us about the podcast, the the news and updates are those are some of the things that they really like. So, this is one quick, easy to digest um, format for getting some of those updates. So, um, so anyway, th- that sort of gives you in a nutshell what some of these new things are in YouTube, and we know. 
how much YouTube videos are watched in class and how often kids are even creating and sometimes making playlists with YouTube. So uh, we thought this would be a useful thing for you. And of course, if you want to catch up on the show notes and get links to everything, you can go to googleteachertribe.com slash 22. Oh, and one quick note, if you didn't know, the Google Teacher Tribe is on YouTube. We have our own channel. And if for some reason you wanted to listen to the audio from the podcast through YouTube, you can actually do that. So we've put a link to that in the show notes as well. Hey, podcast listeners. My name is Chris Nessie, and I'm the host of the House of EdTech podcast. The House of EdTech explores how technology is changing the way teachers teach and the impact that technology is having in education. My objectives include discussing technology that is changing our classrooms and schools and sharing information that you can hear about today and use tomorrow. I do this by talking with teachers, leaders, and creators just like you and having them share their stories. Why? Because whether you use it or not, technology is changing the way we teach and how our students learn. So I'd love it if you came over to chrisnessy.com and checked out the House of Ed Tech. Because using technology isn't difficult. Just give it a try. So as we mentioned before, the tribe shares really, really great stuff, things that they're doing in the class, um, you know, things related to Google. And so we wanted to share a couple things that we've run across that we think are great. And one of them comes from uh, Wanda Terrell, who is a uh, Google certified innovator, actually came through the same uh, Google Teacher Academy class as Casey and I. And she is a fantastic sketcher. And she'll use, I believe it's Procreate that she uses, which is an app on your iPad. And she'll sketch out all of these tips related to Google and we'll share them online. So if you don't follow Wanda on um you know, on Twitter, uh, she's real easy to find. It's W Terrell. So that's W T E R R A L. And so one of the things that she's been doing here recently is creating these Google doc tips. And so she has all of these sketches that give you little tips and advice and tricks that you can use in Google Docs, which is awesome. So you've got like how you copy formatting and how you do voice typing. And it talks about the web clipboard and offline editing. And as of the um, recording of this podcast, she's got 15 of them. And then a title slide makes 16 on this one slide presentation. So if you want to check those out, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Yes. And, and thank you, Wanda. I, I fell in love with those. They're, they're beautiful and, and they they're, they're teachable and they're easy to use. And she freely shares everything that she does. So, so thank you for that. Uh, I think that a lot of people will find that useful and a useful resource to share with students as well. So, and of course, a great example of, of sketchnoting. I also wanted to share a, a really great hyperdoc that was created um, by some of our longtime listeners. Listeners, uh, we have Carly, Sean, Heather, and Michelle created this awesome little hyperdoc here that we've linked to the, the Twitter post, so you guys can follow all of them. But it's on the novel "The Wild Robot," and uh, it is a Google Slides version, a presentation of the hyperdoc style. But I, you know, I think these guys are just running with the hyperdocs in such cool ways. Um, they have this aligned to the standards, of course, and. And um, great little icons that um, are, 
are sort of guiding the students through everything, including book snaps and STEM and vocabulary. And they've just really made this a very powerful tool. I think HyperDocs is taking over the world. <laughs> and I, I think that um, some of these shares are just really inspiring teachers, um, not only to take these and remix them, but also to to create their own. So um, I just wanted to give a big shout out to to all of these people and, and to everyone who's been sharing on Twitter and everywhere else, all of the fabulous things that you've been doing. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about this is that it integrates so many different great digital tools. And, you know, sometimes teachers will look at all that's available and they go, man, we got Seesaw and Flipgrid and, you know, we've got all of these different um all these different options and it's hard to get kids to jump off into all those different tools and then create and then have them all go in the same place and it can just be kind of overwhelming and the thing that i love about hyperdocs is that it integrates it all together so in this particular one you've got them making book snaps you know kind of like visual reflections on what they're reading google slides or in seesaw and then you know there there are youtube videos throughout the whole thing and they're using storyboard that and what's nice is that it's just in a single click it jumps off and lets kids interact with these cool digital tools so it really does give you the best of the web when it comes to teaching all in one kind of one-stop shop so i think they did an awesome job with this The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators. Podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. Okay, before we wrap things up, Matt and I have just a couple of blog posts that we wanted to to share with you. I have one called Eight Ways to Support Digital Citizenship Skills with Google. And uh, this is second part of a series that I've been doing. It's not about Google. It's about the learning and really trying to connect the ISC standards for students and how we can support those using Google tools. And there are a ton of ways to support digital citizenship. This blog post, like I said, has eight ways, um, but this includes some of the things that we've already mentioned on the podcast before, like Be Internet Awesome, the digital citizenship training for teachers, how to cite sources in Google Docs, uh, searching for images in G Suite apps and the ability to filter those um, for uh, the way that you can get those and use those and have permission to use those, encouraging teachers and students to Google themselves, find out what's out there about you to know what uh, kind of digital footprint you are leaving on the world. A Google a day, if you thought it was completely gone, it is not. So um, there are some Google a day challenges. They are now in some present Google Slides presentations that you can use in your classroom. And then the Google search skills lesson plans that are also tied to that are some great ways that you can embed some of those really needed search skills into your classrooms to help students learn how to pick the right search terms, how to know, um, you know, and, and filter through results and find what they're looking for. Um, and then the last one is using Google Alerts. And so Google Alerts will let you monitor the web for any topic and you'll get an email when they find something new about that topic and send that to you. So um, just wanted to share that. So there are tons of resources. Like I said, um, this probably could have been a lot more than eight. I actually had to stop myself because it was getting too long. And then uh, Matt has a post that 
I loved. Tell us about it, Matt. Yeah. So I'm kind of going back to basics on this one. Um, sometimes when I go and work with teachers, one of the things that sticks out to me is how little we use keyboard shortcuts sometimes. And I know for me, using keyboard shortcuts saves me easily minutes, if not maybe even, I don't know, maybe saying a whole hour a day is probably too much, but definitely at least an hour or so a week. And you think that's not a ton, but it really does add up. And so I'm able to be more productive and get a lot more done because I use keyboard shortcuts. And it's more than just control C, control V. And by the way, if you don't know that, then you really do need to read this blog post. (laughs) Google it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Google it. Exactly. So I offered 22 killer keyboard shortcuts. It goes from some of the basic ones to some geekier ones that you don't know about. Even include a little printable that you can tape onto the bottom of your screen so that you can have those handy and kind of drill them on yourself and... uh, Um, Don't put your password there. Right. Please don't do that. That's right. That's right. But um, if you're looking for a way, and I I know teachers always talk about how we don't have enough time, but I think this is one of those places where we can buy back a little bit of time every day if we can train ourselves on these keyboard shortcuts. So, So go check that one out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, keyboard shortcuts save me all the time. And, you know, even the one that you mentioned that during uh, our YouTube discussion, so being able to search and find in the page, just that controller command F I use all the time. That's one of the, the biggest keyboard shortcuts that I use. I think it, it saves me all kinds of time when I'm looking for information on a page. So um, I think that wraps this up. Hopefully you've got some new understanding of how YouTube has changed, but has very much stayed the same. And uh, hopefully you've got some some stuff that you can use in the classroom. And, you know, that's one of our big goals is to give you some practical stuff. So go out there and remember how important your job is and how we get to affect the lives of kids. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you. Never know what you're going to get. That's right. Hello, Chris Nessie. You're listening to our conversation now. At least we assume that you are. All these weeks, we hear ourselves on the podcast, but we never hear anything from Chris. (laughs) Sorry, this is getting weird now. Okay. I was trying to think like in that moment of some sort of witty, are you ready to go response that had to do with the bathroom. That wasn't <laughs> it's it's not going to go anywhere good, is it? Yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah. I guess just the fact that you say, are you ready to go? That could have gone <laughs> the wrong direction too. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Thank goodness we didn't Okay. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. 
and I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.